Hey, this is Tommy Victor from Prong, and you're watching and listening to The Heavy Galaxy Show. Thanks, everyone, for joining us again here for another episode of the Heavy Galaxy Show. And we'd like to welcome our guest on today's episode. You know him as the guitarist vocalist from Classic Metal Maestro's Haunts, as well as the soon-to-be active-again doom metal vets, Beastmaker. We've got Mr. Trevor William Church with us today. What's up, Trevor? How are you, man? I'm great, man. Thank you guys for having me. Super stoked to be here. Absolutely, man. Yeah, we were stoked to have you, man. So listen, Trevor, man, as usual... You got a whole shitload going on in your musical world. I know Haunt, you guys just played Blades uh, Blades of Steel Fest in, in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, yeah. A few weeks back, you know, Beastmaker, obviously, you're set to appear. I know a planet doesn't rock on that poster right oh, behind yeah. John's head there. You also got a show coming up soon. We'll get into it a little bit. But we're going to start off with a little bit of chronology here, man, in terms of, you know, the musical prowess in your lineage and genes. Of course, your father, of course, is the electric, Bill the Electric Church who played, I mean, on the, the first Montrose record, all those great Sammy Hagar records back in the day, oh, played yeah. with Van Morrison. So, and speaking of your dad, I'm going to bring up something here because I know this is getting ready to come out right now, or soon, next month, The Electric Church, the biography. Um, it's available, obviously, on hauntthenationbandcamp.com. Everyone can go check that out. So, I mean, Trevor I'm, I'm, and Martin Popoff also, great author, man. Yeah. Great classic metal author. So uh, talk, I guess, a little bit about the book, Trevor, how people, you know, where they can get it, how they could check it out. And really just, uh, you know, I guess, was this your dad that did this? Was Were you part of this? I mean, get so, into it a little bit. So like, I don't know, like five or six years ago, my dad told me that some dude was like interested in doing a book for him but if, in Japan and this, this and that. And um you know, my dad hasn't been active musically in, in a really long time. He's played, he plays in bands and stuff, but he kind of put his, his career on, on, on hold to, to be dad and, you know, that sort of thing that kind of happens to some musicians, you know, mm -hmm. you just fall out. And, um, but he has a pretty epic history, you know, Absolutely. leading to me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so he became... <laughs> you know, dad, um, you know, and it was, it wasn't really, I didn't really know if it would ever happened. And, um, like three years ago, my dad decided that he was going to take the path that I live, which is like a booze free life. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was really like, I was like, really, you know, cause like he's been drinking, my whole life you know he's always had a beer in his hand you know as long as i can remember 
best dad in the world. I mean, I'm not, I'm not even mm -hmm. like saying it was like anything bad, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just he's he's like he's the he's the drunk that annoys you to death. That's it. <laughs> it's so annoying, like just so fucking annoying. He was just like, <laughs> I used to have a rule: by the third beer, I was out of there. <laughs> get out of there get yeah. out of there while it's good you know what I mean <laughs> while, while it's good like before he starts going down some I don't know man he just likes to right. start little arguments about anything he's like the mm -hmm. king of this and when he's <laughs> drunk he still does it you know it's like it's just who he is but anyway um, a year goes by two years go by and you know, I started thinking about his book idea, you know, like this thing. I'm like, yeah, hey, did you ever talk to that dude, you know? And he was like, no, I don't think it's going to ever happen. And, you know, he's like, I'd love for it to happen. Somebody, you know, he's like, Sammy has a book. I should have a book, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so I started thinking about it and I reached out to a couple friends and um some writer friends that i know that, that write books and they kind of got me familiarized what it costs to you know hire people to write books in the current state of publishing books and just trying to give me you know i i needed some insight because obviously i'm not a fucking publicist or a book writer right sure it's that it's just not my wheelhouse at all so luckily being a musician, it, it just so happens there's there are writers in, in the music world, you know, journalists and what have yous, and then you meet people. But our friend, my me and my dad's friend, Larry Lawner, who lives in, in um, uh, Reno, Nevada, um, one of my dad's original stomping grounds actually, um, he had suggested Martin. He's like, hey, you guys should talk to Martin. Because I kind of just told him the idea. I was like, hey, do you think my dad should be do a book? He's like, fuck yeah, your dad should do a book. Your dad's a mm -hmm. fucking legend. So right, right then mm -hmm. and there, I was like, all right. Because I mean, these are like, it's a book for the 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 rockers of his era. And they're like all yeah. old now. They fucking retired. They ain't got shit better to do. But really yeah, true. Cool relive the glory days mm -hmm. now, you know <laughs> uh so um i reached out to martin and um i we hired him to do the book and we he gave us a couple options he's like you could leave my name off it whatever but he's like i'm gonna get this done for your dad and that's how martin got involved and i i i knew after talking to martin on the phone one time I knew he was the guy for the job because he already knew of my band. He's like, "Hey, dude, I love Haunt, bro. Like, <laughs> you're doing good. You're doing good work." So he already he already got me right there. You know, mm -hmm. like I was like, "Oh shit, you know who I am?" He's like, "Fuck yeah!" But um, <laughs> but he's a heavy metal guy, so it's yeah. not. You know, I should have I should have maybe known. You know that he knows what's going on. You know, especially because he ran uh, Brave Words for. Yeah, for a while. Time, I think. Yeah, Banger Films. He was Banger too in Canada. Banger Films. Yeah, he yeah. he's really he's really affiliated. So, um, yeah. but anyway, um, 
he also he did write Ronnie's book, mm -hmm. I think, yeah. but it was not like a biography like my dad's per se, because I think Ronnie was already dead. So mm. he didn't really get to interview Ronnie. Mm. Um, so he set up a bunch of interviews with my dad and I thought it'd be, it was a, just a, a match made in heaven because he could, he already knew a lot of stuff that happened in the Montrose era. Um, mm. I know that Martin also had interviewed Sammy Hagar a couple times. Um, so it just was the perfect match you know what i mean sure so no, but I, yeah i i had one thing the, so this book is not a soap opera because i read sammy's book and i actually hated it i i hated it mm. a lot like <laughs> why um he talked too much shit mm. <laughs> okay he talked, he talked too much shit and it really irritated me yeah i was like I was like, dude, are you on, like, whose fucking high horse are you on right now, pal? Like, yeah. saying bad shit about his family, too. I'm like, there's just mm. shit you just, like, leave out. That shouldn't yeah. ever go into a book. He aired he out some uh, dirty laundry, eh? Yeah, too much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, you you know, a little bit don't hurt, you know, for, for drama, but... Yeah. Mm -hmm there's people that could be hurt. And I know that there's some people in his book that he hurt. And mm -hmm. that's when you just like kind of have to go. Yeah, no. Uh, so I told my dad, there's two things you have to leave out. You got to sadly, cause like, I know, I know this is, po this is popular. I made him leave out the sex, the drugs, the money and the drama. <laughs> So what's what? in it? So what's I, in it then? What? <laughs> it's a book. It's a book for musicians. Okay. Truly. Yeah. Because okay. it talks more about the musical journey that he went on and yeah. what it took to get there. Mm -hmm. Which I find way more interesting. I've heard all the stories, and believe me, they're not that great. You know, like <laughs> You're just like cool, bro. You just it's just you you've yeah. heard that story before. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like mm -hmm. I was like I was like if we're going to do a book, you need to do a book that's not the book that everybody has already read that everybody's already thinking of what a rock star from that era's book is going to be. Mm -hmm. You know, my dad didn't fade out some like druggy. So like mm -hmm. it kind of makes sense that it, you know, the tale is the tale of a bass player making his way to rock stardom. Mm -hmm. Well, that's cool, and man. I yeah. thought that that was more interesting. And I actually read the book three times. And believe me, I'm not the biggest reader on the planet because I got mm -hmm. way too much shit going on. But mm -hmm. I actually went back a few times because I was like, well, wow, this is fucking good. I liked it. I loved it, actually, because mm -hmm. it was really, truly about the musical path, man. Well, I mean, speaking about that musical path, and what's, I mean, just growing up, obviously, around that, you know, and around all the rock stardom and everything you were just kind of, you know, alluded to, what's the biggest thing you would say that really, I guess, would, for yourself now, prepared you, you know, being a player in this crazy thing called the music business that you maybe learned 
earlier or had a head start before a lot of other musicians did before they actually had to go through it the hard way what you know did your dad ever give you obviously i'm sure he's given you so much advice over the years of what to so much more what uh, not to do yet not what not to do but go ahead and yeah talk about that well first off i would really uh say that they're really like i met a lot of rock stars but we were very poor like my dad's the mm. bass player, not the songwriter. Yeah. yeah. We did not have my mom made more money than my dad. Mm. So um it was that happens a lot. Huh? <laughs> that happens a lot with uh musicians, oddly enough. Yeah, I mean, and it's kind of <laughs> weird, but you know, it's kind of the it's kind of the era. We think of like some of the bass players from that era, like geezer butler. But mm -hmm. Geezer was writing songs. Yeah. Yeah. It's just different. a different thing when your songs, when your name is attached to the song, Absolutely. you get all the publishing. My dad was a great writer. He wrote to, he wrote his bass lines and he made mm -hmm. all of those bands shine. But unfortunately, things were promised. Things never happened. Uh, yada, yada, yada. You, you could read the book to find out all that juicy right. there is there is that juice in it you know what i mean to sure. to to an extent um mm. but i um i think the best thing that really happened that honestly now knowing some of the rock star kids and things from that era i think me growing up poor um not having a lot driving shitty cars not having like the i mean my parents took care of me they did the best they can they could i'm from a broken home they divorced when i was seven so i mean things just didn't work as they should have so everything was torn apart and it took a long time for them to kind of stabilize life as you know many who of those who come from a broken home yeah, understand man. exactly what I'm talking about unless you know your parents are filthy rich so mm -hmm. anyway um it was interesting because like I was around a lot of a lot of the Bay Area musicians uh growing up we lived in the Bay Area until I was 11 and I was always every weekend my dad was gigging when I was a kid he gigged all the time uh so i got dragged to a lot of gigs i got dragged to band rehearsals i mean and um i definitely took a liking to like i liked music you know what i mean like i grew up around you know watching dudes play my dad's plays all the time you know mm -hmm. all that you know my dad is actually a really good guitar player so um he was a guitar player before he was a bass player so he okay. he played a lot of acoustic the guitar he's kind of one of those dudes he knows every song you know like mm. you pick it up you pick up a guitar and play you the entire everly brothers catalog you're like oh, wow. how did you yeah. even know that like i've never <laughs> heard you play that before ever and he just plays it out of nowhere like it's wow. just fucking weird he just has like that 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 really gifted brain that like literally absorbs like a, a sponge song and yeah. never goes away mm. it's permanently yeah. there 50 years later, it's still there. But anyway, um, he, you know, he, he was very like, you know, um, I, I would say my parents both kind of like 
knew that I liked to be artistic in that light on the guitar and stuff. I was writing songs at like 11 um, and just coming up with things. And, you know, they'd catch me, you know, I was, I'd be air, like playing guitar in my room with fucking, you know, the inserts on the wall, reading it and play, like I was mm. in the band, you know. Nice. I, so, I mean, it was those, you know, we used to take a lot of trips to Tower Records and he'd buy me whatever I want, which back in those days, in the 1980s was kind of gnarly because of the parental advisory thing. So mom didn't approve. Dad didn't <laughs> my dad, I got so much. He must have got so much shit from my mom because I would come home with Slayer tapes at like seven years old. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, I mean, but I think my dad, though, like being a musician artist, yeah. understood that most of these bands were not serious. They were a creative outlet of something that, you mm -hmm. know, wasn't so uh, carved in stone. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? He was like, this band's not satanic. Right. You know, mm -hmm. he's like, they're just, a, he, look at it. He looks at the back and he's like, these guys are nerds, you know, compared to <laughs> what, you know, they used to have to get dressed up in glam rock shit, high heeled mm. shoes, right? He's like, <laughs> looks at a band like Slayer and it's like, God, they're poorly. These guys live in a van for sure, you know? <laughs> so, so, I mean, it was just one of those things where a lot was accepted, acceptable. Um, and that really led me to really be open to a lot of things uh, musically and um led me to you know the love of heavy metal hard rock all that stuff punk rock all of it it really it, it gave me something to latch to the anti-culture yeah did you ever want to be anything else or have you been anything oh else? oh yeah i i actually wanted to be a pro skater like i mm. Music was secondary for like like an ice skater teenage years. Was like that ice skater like an ice skater skateboarder? <laughs> pro yeah pro yeah. Lord California, Lord Crutch, all the ice skating that goes down in the desert here. Oh right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, I really I really love skateboarding. Um, I. I practiced it a lot more than the guitar in, you know, at, at a certain point, like I felt like there was a, uh, probably through sixth grade to eighth grade, I was like all guitar all day, all fucking day long, but I was skating at that time and I was starting to get good. And, um, you know, it just made me, and then plus like, you know, it was easier to find friends to skate with than it was to find friends to play music with. Music, sure. So that really was a factor. Mm. And then mm. high school, you know, the first couple of years of high school uh, were kind of weird. Um, and then I finally started getting into bands, uh, getting in, in a couple bands of my own. Nothing, nothing to like write home about, but that's kind of your first thing. Played some parties and yada 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 right what you what what you can get you know sure mm -hmm. so that kind of you know i i didn't really start getting serious again until like probably like 
after high school, when I was like 18, I realized real quickly, like I wanted to be in bands. I wanted to skate. I wanted to do a little bit of everything, you know? Mm -hmm. So I did want something else before I wanted to skate all day. I like right. dreamed of professional skateboarder like life. And I'm, I was really good, man. I got sponsored and everything. I, wow. I, I had some things going on, but um, I think what really started happening is I, I just wasn't as um, open to throw myself off stuff because I was like, <laughs> man, I don't want to get that hurt. And like, I like to play guitar. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I was playing shows on the weekends, like, it was really cool. Like I was really lucky in those early years. I had a band called Scattered Fall, punk band, and we played the East Bay area, all around uh, the Central Valley of California. We're based. Mm -hmm. The band was based out of Stockton, um, mm -hmm. and we had a cool thing going on. We we're young, playing all over, which allowed me to like skate all these spots. Like I'd go skate, then go play a show. You know, mm -hmm. shit like that. So it was cool. I wouldn't say it was like, you know, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't the person that I would become. I had like collaborative things in that band. I hadn't yet really spawned the world of like, I'm going to write and orchestrate and do everything. I was the main riff writer. But yeah. that was it mm -hmm. and that was the, that was really my, my 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 very humble beginnings in it all. And I mean, like. I, my first, my, my first real good guitar, my, I had a Gibson Les Paul studio and it was fucked up. Like I got it used. It was so cheap. I think I got it for $350. Like the pickups were yanked out of it. Like oh, shit. it was not like nice at all. And I worked at a coffee shop and it, you know, I didn't really have this, that much money and like, you know, like I, I eventually asked my parents like to buy me a, a real guitar and they did. Yeah, that's cool. I think hey, they saw that I was starting to really like it. And then like yeah. my band went, my band was going on tour and mm. things like that. And I was just like, okay, like I can't, you know, I was seeing other dudes and they, I mean, their parents obviously had a lot more money. And like my band, my bass player lived in the street. He didn't even have a house. Like oh, he was damn. literally. He was literally homeless. The singer was homeless too for like six months that when we started the band mm. um, and they were young. So it was really fucked up. We, like we all came from really like broken homes and, mm. you know, we, we mm. found each other and made something happen. And yeah. like it, it got to a good point, but I eventually, um, I started listening to a lot of different music and I didn't really want to be in a punk band because I only saw it as being a punk band and I wanted so much more. Mm. Right. Yeah. It, well, how old was your dad uh, when he was in Montrose? He would have been, I think when it, when Warner brothers presents was recorded, I think he was 25. Oh, it, yeah. yeah that, that's such an interesting band. There's so many people not in the know that don't even realize, don't even know Montrose. And they don't even realize that like Sammy Hagar was in it. it it's fascinating when you tell someone about it and you're like, you heard this song? <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah. Oh, that's, that's Montrose. And you're like, yeah. yeah. You know, because there are, I mean, 
when I really dug into it a little bit more, I'm like, wow, this is some rocking fucking shit. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. like, like just good all around music uh, the whole way through. Uh, and Sammy was really young back in those days as well, wasn't he? He would have been in his he would have been in his twenties as well. Okay, so yeah. he's only a couple of years younger than my dad, so he would have been like twenty. He would have been like twenty three at the time. But Sammy, he had his first kid really young, like at like sixteen years old. Oh wow! So mm. Sammy's son Aaron actually was like on the road with the band like his whole life. Wow. wow. So he he had like, I mean, Aaron's life is was like truly lived on the road because in those days, Sammy wasn't rich at all. Mm-hmm. None of yeah. them were, you know, I mean, so it was, it's one of those things. And with Montrose, um, it's just it's just another one of those fucking weird stories. Like Ronnie and my dad actually played together in Van Morrison. Yeah, That's how they- I'm sure that. Mm-hmm. And um, they also <laughs> played another. They also played another band together after Van Morrison called Sawbuck. Mm. So my dad and Ronnie were already friends way before any of this stuff happened. Right. Sammy and Denny were like kind of like found. Like it, when you read my dad's book, it it, it explains um, how how they were found and 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 I know it's true because Sammy made me change some stuff. Sammy, I got Sammy to write a forward, which let me tell you, that guy is not an easy person to just like get him <laughs> to do anything for you mm-hmm. or for anybody else. Um, he's he basically lives in the Sammy Hagar world, and that's about it. Um, it's a so, busy world. <laughs> it's a busy world that you know really could have doesn't need to be that busy when you have that kind of money i would just focus yeah. on i would focus on actually writing good music because he's pretty terrible these days but <laughs> that's that's just me i mean i'm all i'm all about artistic integrity so sure. mm-hmm. i like i like when artists like can continue to like put out quality stuff mm-hmm. at an old age like i.e judas priest mm-hmm. love it or not i mean yeah it, Still yeah. putting out pretty okay records for, if you really think of their age, you're like, fuck, this, this is rocking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And mm. have ba- like, even like more underground bands like Sirith Ungle from Ventura, California. Yes. Mm-hmm. Out, mm-hmm. Putting out like just as good of albums as they were 20 years yeah. ago. You know? know? They're getting ready to retire, I saw too, huh? Yeah. Just, they, yeah. They, they struck the news that 2024 is the year. Yeah. And I mean, there there has to be something said for that it's difficult they already don't have like all the original members anyway yeah true mm. so that makes it complicated you know yeah digging for players you know it is it's tough yeah no absolutely yeah no absolutely yeah so let's talk some beast maker let's get into it sure. you know um yeah. trevor i mean you've got obviously the band's first show in four years it's coming up on october 21st at the cafe colonial in sacramento as we said in the beginning of the show here obviously planet desert rock weekend in vegas january 25th to the 28th i know you released i believe some reissues back in the summer i think correct so i mean now is Beastmaker now is this you know are you now is it active band and not just live are you going to start doing any new music for it tell us about that anyway in july in july we kind of i had a birthday for my son and john has a son now as well and we invited him here and he came and we just me and andy who plays 
I've been playing music with Andy Saldati going on like nearly 20 years and mm. tons of failed bands. And, and then the two that kind of got us some underground notoriety. Um, and we were just like, hey, you know, like it'd be cool if we like played some shows. Like, what do you think? And John's like, yeah, man, let me talk to my girl and see what <laughs> she has to say about it. And we're, I was like, all right, you know, cause I mean, we, things didn't like leave. Like when, when somebody quits your band, it's kind of a, you know, it's a breakup. So there mm -hmm. was that, there was some animosity for a minute, you know, like mm -hmm. it's just natural, but um, it just felt like, you know, something that we needed to take a look at because I had just, I just signed a like huge licensing deal with Regain Records, which is an older like Swedish underground metal label. Mm -hmm. They've been around a long time. I'm, I oh, mean, wow. like people mm -hmm. might not have heard of it, but if you go back, they have quite a history of releases and been, they just kind of went dormant for a little bit and They've been uh, releasing a lot of that band, I think, from Brazil. They're called Mephistopheles. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they've been doing a lot of their stuff, and they really wanted to tap into Beastmaker. And um, mm. so when they hit me up and were like, "We want to, we want to re-release all of your EPs," and I did, I did ten EPs after the band decided to go on hiatus <laughs> in twenty in twenty eighteen. Because I knew, I knew that that music would be lost forever. Mm, okay. I would never be able to write like that again, or um, go back and try to like revisit it in the same way. Mm -hmm. I had already gone on. I had already been writing for Haunt, so mm. there was like a completely new wheel turning. And um, even though I've written a couple songs for Beastmakers since. For I did a movie, I did a song for a movie called Night of the Devil, um, and I wrote a song for that, and um, it came out way wildly different than what Peacemaker mm, okay. originally had sounded like. So that's why that's why I say that. Like I know myself well enough to know that like those EPs had to happen. So those all came out while the band we were not active. We had not even. Mm -hmm. been in the same room uh, nothing right. like i did all that stuff by myself um so the band had already just we we didn't yeah. break up we just kind of just stopped playing you know okay. we just mm -hmm. we just realized like me and john realized like haunt at the time we were getting offered so much stuff that we were just like wow there's something happening here with this yeah. and we need to roll with this while we have the opportunity. Cause we were a little, we were, I, I personally, I feel like Beastmaker was maybe like a year late for the doom metal, like true mm. revival. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, I think it's good. You, you, you put out reissues too, because yeah, there are a lot of people, especially I've, I've gotten recently into stoner and doom, you know, or less, like you said, five years or so that might not know who Beastmaker is and they should, you know what I mean? Cause like I said, you guys got great, you know, I mean, records and music out there. So I think it is great. So that it, it gives a lot of these, you know, younger or newer fans of the genre, 
it, it gives them like we, just this whole band that they probably didn't even hear yeah. of because of that, you know. And we're yeah. and we're Rise Above Records alumni as well. Yeah, exactly. So nice. I mean that that has something yeah. to you know that always yeah. will kind of be there. Um, so you know we got the Doom Master to you know sign the band, but like I said. Mm. I, the, I, we were a little bit too late because Windhand was already, you know, out before us. Uncle Acid was just crushing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Electric Wizard was back and doing their thing. They, mm-hmm. you know, they took a quite a hiatus as well for a while and came back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Blood Ceremony. There was already mm-hmm. some bands like really crushing it in um, Monolord. Um, you know, just the name of, of very few because it wasn't a lot. Um, but once you know you kind of miss that trajectory, you're not really written in the history of the revival, you yes, know. Good point. Mm-hmm. Whereas like haunt, like for some reason, I got in before an explosion of yeah. traditional heavy metal arose. Mm-hmm. We were like, there was like 10 bands in the world, like kind of doing that. And when you're one of the 10, that's all you need to do. Yeah. You yeah. know, you're really yeah, I mean, have- history with it. But Beastmaker, we missed that history, but we've, we've been actively following everything. And I hate to say it, but like, and, <laughs> and, and I'm going to say this in the nicest way possible of always is we will crush everybody like we <laughs> are not to be we are not to be fucked with like i mm. am so chiseled now on playing traditional metal shredding and playing lead guitar at the same time that you know i i feel bad for anybody that has to go on after me <laughs> well, well, sh- well john who are you gonna put on after the mid uh planet well at this Rockers? point maybe he should be the headliner i don't know <laughs> i mean honestly honestly i mean they better be in really good shape because i got a fucking home gym in the studio i'm 42 years old and um i'm in some incredible shape and i play guitar all day i sing all i practice all the time yeah um strangely on the stoner level when we started I was like a super stoner and I've had to re- I, like, I don't even really smoke anymore because the music has gotten so serious and the uh, amount of practice that I, I do now um, just to be, we want to be like, I think the goal has always just been for me and Andy, like I said, my drummer, Andy, we've been playing together a long time. He's my best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've always just really wanted to be respected by our peers, nothing more. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that's yeah. kind of been like always like something we've always wanted and, and longed for is just like for dudes that are like great to be like, fuck those dudes are good. So, right. you know, we've always had that there. So we've always tried to push everything to the to the level of where you know we just haven't had a lot of the luck that some bands have it's not that we don't have the talent we just didn't have the luck right place right time sort so, sort of scenario the yeah. traditional metal world is just still slowly blossoming is where mm-hmm. the stoner doom world 
has had nearly a decade to unfold itself and yep. you know build its like core base you know what i mean like some of those first festivals that even beastmaker played the early desert fest stuff not that many people in comparison to what you see now you mm -hmm. So right. I, I, I volunteered to get involved with the festival because I, you know, I had, a, I, uh, I wanted to know what it was like to be involved with the festival. So I contacted Ryan Jones. And so my job was to drive a van 
full of gear and stuff. And sometimes band members. <laughs> yeah. Through, I mean, through the desert. I mean, and we're talking mm-hmm. like it's it wasn't in a parking lot then. It was in a fucking desert. Like yeah, we were going down dirt trails, man. Wow. Dirt trails, you know, <laughs> like like and I figured out early on to drive fast. Um that your 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 van wouldn't slip as much. It just wow, just dude, Matt. We were going through sand, yeah. like, sand wow. and dirt. Mm-hmm. There was no concrete on much of that stretch. There's like weird people hanging at the side of the street. You got to slow down a little bit for them. You don't want to nail them uh, because I don't have a shovel to fucking bury them with later. So <laughs> not true. And it was uh, I coined. I, my name became for for uh, him Lord Church. Yeah. Uh, because uh, first off, probably because we're stoned. Uh, but second yeah. off, um, <laughs> because he uh, certainly feels of royalty uh, <laughs> in this scene. <laughs> and uh, what a uh, what an interesting day that was uh, for sure. And I can't remember if you played the day that the gut sound guy was on acid and, and meth and whatever else he was on or did you play the next day the next because you played at night i have some great video from it yeah so that was actually our last show wow wow that was our last show together so mm. um it's interesting when you go back and watch that because like there's a couple songs on it that were to be album three for Rise Above Records. Lo and behold, other 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 things took course during that time. But um, um, I don't really remember. I I just remember being like going there and being like, "Whoa, we are literally out in the middle of fucking nowhere playing a show, and it's hot as fuck." And then it was freezing. And then it was freezing. Just <laughs> and I, it was so cold. So but cold. I, you know what? I remember one thing about our car ride, and we were talking about Ozzy. Like we were like Ozzy is the you were we were trying we were in a debate on who the best guitar player Ozzy had was. That I was the that was the what we were discussing. I just remember that specifically. Along with Dokken. Along with the great greatness of Dokken. Yeah, we go with the Dokken all day, dude. If it ain't, ro- <laughs> ain't Dokken, it ain't rocking. You know, rocking with Dokken. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah that, was a, that was how we met. And then and then the second time we met <laughs> is when Haunt played at a karaoke Chinese restaurant and we had <laughs> to duct tape the microphone to the stand because it was so wildly obnoxious. <laughs> I, I got recruited to just oversee the show by Ian Watts, I think, um, it, who's from Hate Machine and Books. And he's like, could you just like, you know, be there, like help the show, whatever. I'm like, where is it? And they're like, Jin's mm-hmm. Chinese, something or other. I was like, I'm going to go check that out. And I went and looked it at it one day. hilarious. Man. Oh, my God. What it was the a- craziest shit. But it actually was a pretty fun time. It was all, fun. All said and done, like I think that was like the second or third haunt show ever. So mm. great way to like you know go from playing in front of two thousand people with Zach Sabbath, you know, and then going <laughs> then being being on a European tour with the fucking Ukrainian legend Stone Jesus, 
to playing Jin Sung's fucking Chinese <laughs> restaurant bar with a fucking with duct tape wrapped around the microphone stand. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, no monitors. I mean, nothing. Like we nothing. got there, we're like, what the fuck? And then all you know, it was just a heavy metal takeover that night. Yeah, and there were like the little separate karaoke rooms because I kind of wandered around like I'm like never been in one of these Asian, you know, karaoke places. It was yeah. it was so it was- hilarious. And it was fucking it was legendary, dude. I wouldn't even say it was hilarious. That shit was like that was yeah. that was incredibly bizarre, man. Yeah, I, that's I one for the books. That's... But I think after that, after that one though, when we started working together on, on stuff, yeah. it definitely improved because we started playing. Um, I think the show after that, you didn't book, we did uh beauty bar yeah i remember that and your voice went out i lost i had lost my voice so i mean i was like two for two for vegas baby <laughs> yeah, like John I mean, was, play, had with the duct tape microphone like not having my voice uh, and then the next time we came you had us at vamp like two times oh yeah and which rocked which were good shows yeah really really good shows i know uh you know, you even even had Corey Coker there, the owner who wasn't doesn't always go to my shows. Uh, she was there, so we even got to hang out in the back a little bit. Uh, that was yeah. th- those were great shows. We put some good lineups together. Uh, yeah, and then and shows. then I actually I have one of the posters on my wall, oh. the heavy the heavy metal maniacs show. Oh, yeah, I, no. mean, I don't know. I don't know if you remember it because like it has like a. I'll show it to you one day, but um, it's anyway. It was the it was the uh, Great Electric Quest Void Vader one. Oh yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. which strangely, which strangely, I met Sam. Oh, which yeah, I yeah. now have poached into my band, yeah. and Void Vader is no more. Right or yeah. <laughs> who knows anymore yeah. right mm-hmm. yeah it's it's, uh, it's sam's in like 90 bands and yeah i remember when he uh picked up with you i was like that's super cool you know yeah sam's that's good, pretty good much cat. i mean once you start playing with me it's 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 gonna be hard to go back to any anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I, I run a, i run a tight ship man i run a tight ship and i'm a different kind of dude i'm real like i i, I live for what i do um, and it's it, it's yeah. just different. I'm just different, man. Like you my, are, it's, in my, it's in my blood. It's in my yeah. blood, and mm. I grew up with it, and I love it so dearly. I do anything for it, and I think the sacrifices and the personal, family, all of it that I put into what I do. Um, I hope one day, you know, 20 years from now, when people are listening to metal, yeah, and wondering what was going on during the new wave of traditional heavy metal times mm-hmm. you know they look upon haunt and be like holy fuck this guy was just like writing 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 touring touring dad dad touring touring dad Beastmaker. now now you know Beastmaker back <laughs> back in. into the mix there you go you know? so yeah you know it's well, it's it's a, it's it's because we we like to hustle man we love the hustle of it all we love the the you know making the merch making the records we're so independent like mm, it allows yeah. me a lot because i could pay my bands my band members like they're in a job when That's we go good. out on the road not yeah, everybody's yeah. like there's not this struggle to survive you know like yeah. mm. oh 
fuck where are we going to get paid? I make sure that we've already got that taken care of before we fucking go anywhere. That's, that's great, man. That's yeah. great. Well, yeah, you got such an unconventional way really of releasing music. I, I've, I haven't seen anyone do. I mean, yeah, I mean, whether you write two songs, you release them. I mean, you're always releasing something. And I'm, I'm sure, obviously, that has to, you know, like you just alluded to, obviously, you were talking about, I mean, that's uh, to get everything paid for for your band. But also, too, obviously, these days, you know, the tour, I mean, you got to have something new you want to put out there. But I've, I've never seen anyone do it to the volume that you do it. And it's it's pretty impressive. You could tell that you just eat, breathe, and eat shit music yeah. all day long. He, he's a I, got, I have so many, I have so many yeah. albums on my computer right now. My I have an album coming out March 2024. It's already scheduled. It's called Dreamers. We were shooting two vis videos for it in November here cool. um, coming up. We got a tour in Europe uh, with Screamer uh, playing about four or five fests over in Europe. I can't name them because I've I've gotten to the point where names are eluding me because I have to remember song lyrics instead yeah, and guitar yeah. solos. Sure. So I just go, yeah, we're going to be at this place, uh, you know, whatever. But um, August, we have a huge USA tour booked. Um, very excited about. Um, and I'm already right now, like today, I'm working on the al the album for 2025. It's fully written. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm just getting it put together. I, I'm gonna try to be. I really want to get caught up to myself, and I just got some equipment in here that allows me. I got a. Um, really top of the line Roland drum set yeah. an electric kit mm -hmm. um which is going to allow me to record everything that I do nice because you know before you write a riff and then like you know you, you kind of have to choose it and then go play drums and do all the shit that you do mm -hmm. where this I could play and leave it for four <clears throat> years and come back to it and it's oh, already wow. done you know what I mean it's like That's oh awesome. It's like, I don't have to re-record this whole fucking thing. Uh, it's not, you know, for me, it was very weird, but I sh I'll show you guys it. I mean, you can see it right here, scrolling. Oh, nice. Wow. Very nice. It just yeah. looks, it, it, it literally is a drum set. Yeah, it doesn't look so electric at all. Yeah, wow. It, um, it, it really is cutting edge. I love what they're doing because you do need that feel, you know? Mm -hmm. You really do, but... With all the things that are done in engineering music these days, drum replacement, triggers, yada, mm. yada, yada, so on and so forth, like nothing's real like anymore. And if you yeah. want to have that massive production, like you're not going to get that with the old way. Sure. It's not possible. Yeah. It's going to sound, yeah. it's going to sound old, which is fine. You know what I mean? There's nothing sure. wrong with that, mm. but you know, for me, I don't really like in my mind, I'm like, man, if people actually knew how much music I have like on deck right now, uh, this is the only way to actually truly probably get to it in my lifetime. Really? Yeah. Well, I have, speaking I have of about I have about 10 albums written right now. Wow. <laughs> for Haunt. Wow, that's crazy. So I will get to Beastmaker. But I have some other projects that I'm going to be doing, too. I'm going to do a speed metal band with a friend of mine from the East Coast. Oh, very cool. Nice. <laughs> um, I've done several other projects in the last, you know, during the pandemic. I did a band called Devil Cross with a friend in Canada. Oath. I, I did a 
big, huge file sharing all the way from Scotland to oh, wow. Fresno, California. This band Oath, we did a record. Um, and then um, I'd been, I'd been involved with this band from LA called Saber for the last five oh, years. Oh, yeah. But, sure. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Hey, you brought them on uh, the last tour. I did. I played drums on their record. I've been, I'm, I'm dad to them. I've, I've helped them produce, write all of it. So I love to have, you know, I, I, like I said, like when you live a life like mine, the booze free life, the mm -hmm. no party life, um, what else am I supposed to do with my fucking time? Right. I don't go out. Mm -hmm. I, this is my party. Mm -hmm. The music is like everything to me as far as that goes. I would take this, oh, like I used to drink hella hard. That's why I didn't really get my start until my 30s because from about 23 to 29, six years, I was just drunk. Mm -hmm. okay. So like, I just didn't really have the, I wasn't productive. I wasn't writing. I wasn't sure. like doing anything that I should have been doing. And then when I when I decided it was time that that stuff needed to be gone, it was just like I just start the the songwriting every day. Mm -hmm. That's Write right. a riff every day. Write yeah. a riff every fucking day. So think about how long I've been doing. I I, I got kind of started. I got I got my record contract in 2014 from Rise Above. So for almost a decade now, I've been writing a song every day. Wow, well, that's why you got you said ten, 10 albums <laughs> so, in the I bank. Mean, not all whatever good. it is, they all don't make it. But I've written, I've written sure. something. I've written mm -hmm. something. You, Absolutely, you, you flex that muscle. You know, mm -hmm. you have. That's how you get better. That's how you, you know. Like I said, if I hadn't have done those EPs for Beastmaker at that time, they would have got lost because mm -hmm. a new path. You know, yeah. you know. I'm yeah. glad yeah. I did. I'm glad I did. When I look back on it, I go, oh fuck. Thank God I was smart enough to just be like, get this. Don't worry. I just, I told myself, don't worry about what it's going to sound like production wise, because a lot of the doom metal shit sounds terrible. Go listen to an early electric wizard. Record. Yeah, it's exactly. Mm -hmm. It's not awful yeah. production. I agree. Like mm -hmm. not good. Yeah. Well, it's speaking of worse, it's worse than punk rock production sure <laughs> I, I know what you mean yeah well speaking so, about great production i want to let's, let's bring it up right here your last uh album that came out this year 2023's yeah. album golden on this was the best produ produced album that i've heard from haunts you know hands oh down. yeah and, and i think it's your, i think it's your strongest yeah mm -hmm. it was um it was mixed and mastered by darren trentacost who actually lives in las vegas mm -hmm. so oh, wow. i've been working with him he did my new record and when you guys hear this next one you're gonna hear a whole new evolution of haunt which is um definitely in my mind like i get a lot of weird reviews because i have so many records now because i have like i think i have see burst icarus mind freeze flashback beautiful distraction windows golden arm i have seven records full-length albums for haunt mm. so i get a lot of weird like you know you know some year somebody pick up a record like oh mind freeze is the best thing you've ever done right or or it's like burst in a flame or whatever but mm. when people hear dreamers not only is the production we spent a lot more time on it um, so on that light, 
it's a much uh, more well put together record and recording, but the sonics on it are the best I've ever had. And it was, I really realized at a point I needed to find somebody to mix and master my records for me that I actually like really loved the guy and Darren is that guy. And I needed to focus more on the writing. Like I said, like I have so much, I just felt like I have so much stuff that's not completed yet. And I Mm -hmm. need to write it. I need to write the lyrics. I need to complete these songs and finding Darren. I'm now on this like trajectory where I'm just like fucking, I'm, I'm finishing songs that I wrote in 2016. Wow. You know, like I'm going way back. I'm able to really like write new stuff and work on old stuff. And it's, and it's really nice to hear, you know, uh, what he does with the record. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. he really, he really made golden arm. Um, I was really lost for a little bit there. Um, when I lost John on guitar from like the pandemic, I basically wiped out my live band Mm. and I was just like, how, I, you know, after you spend three years of rehearsing, you know, you're just like, whoa, I got to start over. I got to find new guys. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I had Andy from Beastmaker come in, which made me feel a lot more like I had my best friend with me, which made that a little bit easier pill mm-hmm. to swallow. But um, I did a record with like, basically, I, I did the, uh, the album for that Windows of Your Heart where I was just a mess. I was being audited by the IRS. Um, I had no guitar player yet, no bass player. And, you know, I'm just like, I need to do something. So when I got to Golden Arm, I finally kind of like had the, I had Sam, I had Andy Lee and Andy Saldati, my drummer's the best he's ever been. Um, So it was kind of really nice to finally kind of rise back up from that mind freeze era where like right before the pandemic con was hitting a very we had got the cover of decibel magazine things were on a real nice high Mm trajectory trajectory but as everybody that dealt with the pandemic knows that it definitely laid waste to a lot you know
you know, you're, I'm really honored and uh, super excited to have you as part of Planet Desert Rock. Uh, and it's so funny is there was a posting about one of the bands we announced and Trevor decided to go, Beastmaker needs to be in there. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was, at first I was like, oh God, how many times I hear this from bands? And it's my first reaction because I hear it a lot and that's okay. I'm honored. But then it was like, oh, I won. Beastmaker? <laughs> Trevor, okay, on. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of part of my Vegas Rock Revolution family, if you will. For uh, sure. People that we've, sure. we've done a lot of stuff with. So yeah. I thought about it. It's just very super cool that, to have you as part of this uh, really kind of you know dynamic lineup that, that kind of melts. A well, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. So already just from doing that, we're getting flown out to Texas in December now as well for, some, for a couple games. Wow. But the yeah. thing is this, is I knew when we start, because I'm telling you that I personally, like looking as an outsider of Doom for the last, let's see, I haven't really played a show since 2018, like Doom Metal, yeah. maybe 2017. Fuck, I don't even know. Um, when was that stoned and dusted? Was that 2017? <laughs> Jesus, must have been pretty stoned and dusted. That sound guy was on fucking acid and meth simultaneously. Uh, <laughs> oh my it's, god! It's, you were fucking stone that day. That's for sure. But I'm but saying anyway, the sound guy was a mess. I'm pretty sure you were one of the last bands to play that day. Great, because uh, I remember it was a, anyways. But anyway, anyway, as an outsider of these last years. I have, I'm just like really not impressed and I keep seeing the same fucking bands on every single lineup and it was just like, dude, these fucking guys, they they need Beastmaker on this shit so bad. So you're kind of the first. So that was the other thing when I saw that, when I saw that you're doing that, I was like, you know what? Like, John needs a John needs some cool points big time because you've been really <laughs> a big part of the Las Vegas music scene and helping bands like you've done a lot for me and I I have a great respect for you and like I think having Beastmaker on it is a is a good thing. It. it didn't really take me even a day. I mean, literally, you know as soon as you said it, I, mean, I couldn't stop thinking about it. <laughs> Anyways, my thank you. Yeah, you're back. You're back. You just kind of froze, but you kept talking. So that was the good thing. Yeah. Thank you. I'm Thank back. you, Trevor. I'm honored yeah. uh, with your yeah. words. That's cool. And I, I mean, that's, that, that's. <laughs> like yeah. you asked and I'm like, huh. You know, and, I, love literally, you. I couldn't and stop I love, thinking about it for like a Vegas. day or so. I got good friends in Vegas now. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. we have mutual so, friends. So it'll, boys be, it'll from be really cool. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we have friends there. Darren's there. Um, yeah. I mean, James. it's, it's kind of wild how if, it, if I hadn't been coming to Vegas because of you, I don't know if I would have met James, which led me to Darren. You know, <laughs> I never thought I, I talked to so many people about mixing and mastering my records. You know, so many people have come at me over the years that I've just always been kind of like, eh, who cares? Like, Everything right. sounds like shit. I'm going to do a bet. I'll do a perfectly <laughs> acceptable job. Um, and we play underground music. So spending 10 grand on a production 
makes no sense when we need that money to go do all yeah. the shit that we want to go do. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We'll make it a, an, an unbelievably fun uh, few days there and your day is going to be, uh, it's going to be special. So folks make sure to make sure to check out the line of you. Know, what's funny is uh, Trevor, um, when I announced you, there were a couple guys that had already bought tickets. And one of them, I remember uh, from Scotland was like, never heard of Beast Baker, but I checked him out. Damn. Now I'm like yeah. engulfed. There you go. Like, mm -hmm. he's like, I'm engulfed. I'm this, I'm checking all this stuff. What a cool find! Uh, I, there's so much out there uh -oh. in the world, and we, you know, some of us at least, we try to narrow that field down, you know, to what probably has the best chance of more people liking, and that's part of the, what this lineup's about. And Beastmaker uh, has always been a band I've dug and enjoyed, and uh, yeah, it'll be cool. And maybe the first time Beastmaker plays Vegas, we think. It is. The, it's probably, honestly, it might be the first and the last. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Right. I only. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah. so it's like I said, uh, 2024 is is real serious. We don't really plan Beastmaker. We don't plan on ever touring. So everything is going to be very specific to getting us to where we need to go. You know what I mean? Like if you want us, it ain't going to be easy and it ain't going to be super cheap either. So it's one of those, it's just one of those things where it's like, I, at the end of the day, haunt has my full attention, even though we rehearsed the other day. And I'll tell you, I had a great fucking time. But I think if I was really trying to power in doing both heavily, yeah. I wouldn't feel Too that much. very long. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that sparse little, like, we're doing a practice because we have a show. Yeah. Everybody did mm. their homework. We got together. We breezed through the songs better than when we played together for fucking five years. You know? Yeah. yeah. We're like, oh, shit. We're like, like you're saying, ho, 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 yeah, Horn's such We're a ripping so band. Now it's probably easy. You guys could play that stuff, I'm sure, like like nothing. It's probably nothing to band. I, didn't know what to do. I, right? I actually had to. So, this is the guitar for um, Beastmaker. This is like the one that I used that was like the guitar. Mm -hmm. And um, this guitar is so much different because, so I have my own custom guitars for haunt which are 24 fret floyd mm. rose um nice. and just entirely different uh tuning c standard all okay. the way across so i use a big ass heavy string gauge on mm. this guitar um it was fucking weird going to the <laughs> sg after, after you know uh, all years. these years of playing bc riches and shit mm. like it yeah. was just like whoa dude so it was actually really fun and it was actually kind of nice not having to sit there and fine tune the fucking floyd rose goddamn yeah. guitar takes me an hour to tune i was like oh shit i'm in tune in three seconds this is amazing Ooh. but but at the uh. same time it felt it was it was definitely um you know we we got there's some work to be had with with beast maker we need to you know um 
figure out a few things, you know, as we kind of trickle along. So it's going to be, it's going to be a learning process in, in the light of, because Han is faster. It's more like energetic. So it's like the stance, the look is so yeah. much more, it's so much easier to do because you're like, all I have to do is have a white ass fucking heavy metal stance and cock it back and look cool. And that's it. Like mm -hmm. doom metal is way different than that. You know, it's, it's mm -hmm. slowed. It has a different tempo. It has a different feel, but my love for horror movies is what drove yeah. me to doom metal and the British bands. You know, I'm wearing a Satan shirt right now. Yeah. My favorite band <clears throat> in the fucking world. Um, but and that was a great tour. You just, was yeah, they just played it. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, you're good now. Witchfinder, anyway. Witchfinder General was oh, like yeah. kind of, was kind of the band that Beastmaker really um why I kind of took that road with the doom metal and plus um we were um before that we were playing thrash metal and we weren't getting very much um love doing it. I thought we were really good. And it probably was. I've, I've actually gone back and listened to like our demos of what we were doing before we were doing the the doom metal. And um, we had some really good thrash. It was just a, not a good time to be a thrash metal band. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you when, know, when you... It was like, what do we do? You know, you kind of just fall into things. We're like, well, this ain't fucking working. What else, what else do we like to do? This, you know what I mean? So we just mm -hmm. kind of like, fell into that a little bit. I was playing in a cover band with my uncle and I was making good money doing it. And I was telling my drummer, I was like, maybe we should just like go play some black Sabbath songs at the bar. And he's like, <laughs> all right. And then, so we started playing some and then we were just like, nah, this ain't working. No. <laughs> and then I, and then we just started writing our own songs. That's so that, and that's how beast you know, we came about we were we were kind of jamming we were jamming at that time so it was kind of like a garage element to it because like there wasn't really a real true definitive like focus point at that time because before like i said before that our focus was thrash like we were just fucking straight up like <laughs> sepultor slayer worship mm. all that old school shit Megadeth, which everybody knows I'm a huge Megadeth fan. So it's like, that was kind of the uh, path, you know, like I wanted that badly, but then comes like all the old stuff that I love as well. And luckily um, I really, really do enjoy that early British metal, like a, yeah. lot, a lot, a lot, like it is mm -hmm. core. So it was kind of like a no brainer. And then plus like, the horror stuff was really easy because my dad got to go to the electric church and give him some huge props for getting me into Vincent Price because <laughs> that opened up a huge door of the first thing. The, the reason I got picked up by Rise the Bub was I, we, Bronco Studio, like we superimposed Vincent Price's face on the cover and put blood all over it and then put you must sin on, on it with the beast maker logo mm. and no joke that day like we we put that out two weeks later we hadn't even played a show we were <laughs> wow. to rise above 
Damn, so, really? Wow. Yeah. I mean, we have been kind of like rehearsing it and trying to write yeah. stuff for like six months. We actually went mm -hmm. to a studio and failed. Like we came out, mm -hmm. like we we went up to the studio in the mountains up here in, in the valley, like for like three months and came back with nothing. And then I told the guys, I was like, look, I've got some other songs I wrote. Let's record them in my bedroom and see what happens. And if we fail with this, we're done. Like we're, we don't need to go any further. We had our mm. fun, we tried. And mm. just so happens that I had that song, You Must Sin. And that cover idea that I had uh, with Vincent Price, it's from the Dr. Fives film, the French movie poster version. Uh, where is where we got his face and um, I put it on Bandcamp and then about a week later I got a phone call from Scott Carlson who plays he's the singer and bassist of the band Repulsion and then he played in Cathedral for many years mm -hmm. and he hit me up he's like dude I love this shit bro he's like I fucking love it and he's like I think you need to be on Rise Above Records and I'm going to talk to Lee Dorian. And like, lo and behold, four days later, we had our wow. seven inch coming out on Rise Above Records. We sold, he sold, like, he did like three bands at that time. He did seven inches for. And I think he was trying to find a band that he was going to sign and have mm -hmm. like on his roster. And we sold out. So I think from that, that got us a record deal, as well as my friend Johanna from um, Lucifer. At the time, she was dating Lee, and um, she she told me that she was pushing us pretty hard to him as well. She was like, "You need to sign this band before they go somewhere else, because they will get somebody else is going to get them." Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, that's amazing. That uh, so Tre that's, Trevor, I want to go back in time with you. Yeah. All right. Senior year of high school, what were your favorite bands that year? Senior year of high school. Good God. When I was, when was I a senior? 1998. So. Uh, You're 42 now? Yeah. So it'd be 24 years ago. God. Or 25. So Whatever. I was probably. I was. Uh, I was definitely at that time. I was going to a lot of shows at Nine Two Four Gilman, which is a place mm, I yeah. went a lot. Berkeley, um, yeah. Early AFI mm -hmm. was big. They were they were just like getting some momentum at that time. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I probably saw those guys a lot back then because of the area I lived. They were always playing. So I would say they were definitely up there. You Go gotta remember it. at that time in 1998, 99, Limp Biscuit, Corn, biggest yeah. band on the fucking planet. Heavy mm -hmm. metal. The only metal band that I loved at that time was Typo Negative. Yeah, nice. you guys remember sure that is. band? Oh, I love them, of course. <laughs> so, yes. So we're interviewing Johnny was, Kelly next week. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. I was I was into Typo Negative. I wouldn't say they were like my favorite, but if I had to like go back yeah. and be like, what metal mm. bands did I like at that time? It was definitely on the lines of that. Definitely a little bit more of the death metal stuff, Cannibal Corpse and things mm. like that. 
uh, deicide. Um, but AFI, Nerve Agents, Redemption 87, One Time Angels, The Criminals, <laughs> Filth, Grimple. Jesus. Um, I literally don't know. Oppressed Logic. Yeah, this is all like underground punk music from the Bay Area, really. Yeah. 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 Um, other than other than AFI, they were kind of like a little bit above everybody else yeah. at that time. Um, but they were still playing small club, like they were still playing club gigs then. Yeah. Um, I could go see them for five bucks, you know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they, they didn't really start taking off to like early two thousands, right? A couple of years. Yeah, after that, that sing the sorrow, yeah. the art of drowning record. Yeah. They had like a a single, yeah. and then they then they just exploded. Yeah, they yeah. Did um, really and well then by that. that time, I was a little bit at that. After that, I was a little bit like more drawn to. I think at that time, I discovered this band from Texas called At the Drive In. Oh yeah, I remember. I really liked them as well. Um, but at the at that time, I still was listening to a lot of the stuff that I grew up with, Iron Maiden, Metallica, Megadeth. I was listening. Yeah. I mean, Danzig is like one of my all time mm. favorite musicians in the world. I idolize him. So I was still really into that. The Misfits. Mm. I never have strayed from that band i'm getting my son into him right now we've been learning misfit songs like nice learning he's four years old and wow. i'm i'm walking him to preschool today and we're reciting the lyrics to halloween and i'm like oh my god <laughs> i'm like please don't say this start them early dad there you go wow. like, yeah, you know, dead dead cats hanging from poles i'm like oh man and I'm just telling them, I'm like, these lyrics, they're silly. They're silly. Like, right. they're silly. They're not, they're silly. <laughs> but, Don't take it serious. God, you know, but anyway, um, you know, so that, that, it was a weird musical time. I actually thought it was really, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't really get into the, the new metal thing. We're like grunge. Um, I didn't like grunge at all. Like, mm. bare, like I liked Nirvana, but I liked the weird Nirvana. I liked Bleach, and I liked mm. Incesticide. I love Incesticide. Okay. I mean, I like Bleach I, too. I, yeah, but Incesticide's great. Two were really cool. I used to hate Nevermind. Like, I did not like it at all. Well, it was a place so much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I did. I did come to start to like In Utero. Like. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a he, fan. Yeah. After he died, I was like, okay, mm -hmm. there's a few on here yeah. that I that I like, but nothing in comparison to like the 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 bleach. I just like I love so, that love oh. buzz song. It was yeah. on a skate video, and that mm -hmm. kind of introduced me. But I did not like fucking Pearl Jam at all, man. No, I like, was never I guess, a fan. I could see you really. Like I, them, I was yeah. not a fan of them. They were not. They weren't heavy enough for me. They were just I really like first album. Plain and yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I was in college. I thought. <laughs> I, I thought like if I listened to them recently, and like they just have jam riffs. They actually kind of suck. If Eddie Vedder wasn't the singer, they would have been really terrible. Yeah, they're just a very plain band to me. I yeah. That's just my opinion. They, what about, cool? he, what about he really? He really held that. I didn't. Oh yeah. Until now, as a the vocals. two year old musician since the for a long time that mm. those guys in his band aren't that good 
he mm-hmm. he is like they are nothing without him and many uh, people will say the exact opposite and that's what makes things so interesting because you know they, who the fuck well the because they were in uh you know a pretty famous band before that just, uh, you know with a legendary singer that's now you know pat the you know, past temple, temple of the dog no that was just a, that was a tribute to uh, this other band so andrew wood you know after he died of i don't know heroin overdose or whatever um uh what was that thing called Star- they had this song star dog champion oh my god I even have the wrong dude right now. Yeah, man. yeah, and it was more metal, but it was more still a little bit poppier metal. So it's random as those guys actually shifted over to Pearl Jam, and you know, I mean, they I created say, Pearl Jam. I would, I would say this though, and in, in in the in the late '90s, early '90s, if there hadn't been um, like Epitaph Records and Fat Records, kind of like doing what they do. I forgot I forgot to mention Pennywise. Um I yeah. really loved Pennywise. I mm-hmm. thought they were like fucking those first few records they did, holy shit. Real heavy they were shit fast. too. They were kind yeah. of metal. Mm-hmm. They were more metal. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. Fletcher the guitar player, he did a lot of technical palm muting. He just like mm-hmm. they just left out guitar soloing. But mm-hmm. I loved what that band talked about. Um I liked their their societal like stance of things and their their la attitude that they had that old black flag kind of mm-hmm. etiquette that they yeah. worshiped the bad religion so mm-hmm. luckily like that stuff was around because again internet was like really kind of sparse back then you had 56k yeah. dial up napster <laughs> might have just maybe mm-hmm. trickled into the picture barely Bare- and maybe. metallic and Metallica would cut their hair and were kissing each other. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, no. it was now. now yeah. Did you like Tool? No, I never. I, you want to? To me, the guitar player of that band is the worst guitar player ever. Jesus <laughs> Christ! I cannot stand him. I think the drummer truly carries that band. And I personally, I thought a perfect circle was far superior, far superior mm-hmm. in song structure. And like, it, it just felt like they wrote songs where Tool wrote really long, like kind of like I, I, I've heard that you kind of have to see Tool live oh, yeah. to really, truly appreciate the vibe of what they do. I don't know. It's I, never well, been my, it was never my thing again, because like, yeah. It was kind of slow. Yeah. I, I think long, long and slow. Where for Tool, for someone like either one of you, I would say it's the first album, really, is the album that rocks straightforward a little bit more without all the uh, complexity and long, drawn out stuff. Uh, but speaking of Tool, they just announced the tour for next year and they're bringing along Elder, which is one of the bigger bands this last yeah. five years. I mean, Literally six, seven years ago, I saw them with about 20 people at a Spirit Caravan Moss Generator show. And to see them now, they're going to be playing Madison Square Garden with Tool. So it's uh, pretty well, amazing hope, to see. Hope, uh, the, the thing is, let's hope that they can keep that trajectory because that's that's a big up to have to like, if they can't captivate yeah. the Tool fans, 
you know, they're just back at where they were. You yeah. Know well, I mean? tool fans are so yeah. tricky. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm a tool fan, but I don't go every single tour or anything like that. But I've been a fan since, since start. But the, what who they bring with them on tour, many times it's super cool. Melvins have been on there, All Souls, uh, uh, another uh, failure a lot of people love. But then they bring on some stuff, you're like, this is just horrible. You know, and I'm bringing, like, well, hey, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I will people respect on. them True. for exactly. bringing out. Mm. I'll respect them for bringing out like newer bands that yes. are like buy on things. Exactly. exactly. I hate mm-hmm. going to like see a band. Like, I'm gonna throw it out there right now because I'm I, I'm too old to care anymore. But <laughs> Wolfgang's Mammoth does not belong playing with Metallica. And, no, I agree. Dude. And Tara. Yeah. Mm. And it's such a buy-on mandatorial <clears throat> yeah. like bullshit thing yeah. where you're just like, this is garbage, guys. Mm-hmm. Why don't I did love when Metallica took Metallica took out the sword? That was great. Yeah, yes, that was yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they took Caius on tour in Austra- Australia, even. I mean that Metallica kind of stuff- took a lot of bands out in the early days. I mean, yeah. when they got super big, it just became something entirely. Yeah, like cage the elephant and shit they were taking out. You know, yeah, they, it's yeah, just fucking exactly. not. It's not yeah. what I want. I, I care. No. But yeah, you know, big hopefully we see it some more. Hopefully we see more. You know, bigger bands realize like the the bands that aren't gonna pay to be on the tour yeah. are much better. Exactly. Uh, Allison mm. Chains is on tour right now with a band, another band from the underground called Royal Thunder. Uh, yes. Female vocalist, a little bit. More blues heavy rock. I've heard of them. Yeah. 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 And they're on tour right now with Allison Chain. So it's good. You know, for us that care a lot about the underground, we we want, you know, bands that have this potential trajectory. Because quite frankly, we all know that bands don't get paid what they should. (laughs) And in America, you know, we're a little bit of a second class citizen at best this last seven, 10 years. So we we're we're inspired when we see cool. I would say like last twenty seven years, man. Yeah, yeah. brutal nowadays. America, uh, yeah. America, really, we really took the internet and just went, okay, everything's for free. Whereas yeah. in Europe, they're still trying to figure. They still barely are listening to Spotify. They're like, what's this app? No, yeah, I'm gonna put on my record. Yeah, so, they're well, buying, they're buying products. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a whole different mix over there. Uh, and then Wolfmother brought along a band, Fever Dog, which is a band that we've had over here in Vegas a number of times. So it's pretty interesting to see that kind of stuff. You hope for the real rock and roll, you know, underground heavy rock scene, you got to have the best music matched up with the best other bands. That's how you continue to grow. And, and this business is all fucked up in America, but we see signs of, a positive along the way because even Wolf Weather still plays in front of a lot of people, even if they, yeah, only I mean, it, it's it, it, we, we do a lot of, we do a lot of groundwork. We do like the only times where the underground truly thrives is when we, when you get to play a festival where everybody's under the same fucking roof, yeah. traveled all over the yeah. place. And then you actually truly like when we, when Haunt plays Hell's Heroes. I mean, I got motherfuckers screaming for me. And, like, we go to Germany, same fucking thing at the festivals. They're mm-hmm. just chanting haunt. And then I'll play in fucking Phoenix, <laughs> Arizona for fucking 25 people. Yeah. You know? yeah that's true. And, but I yeah. don't 
care. I, I, I feel like that's just, it's in my mind, the musical journey is more about the creative. The touring and the playing shows is about the handshake at this point in time in my life. Mm. I'm like, I'm there to shake hands and just meet the people that want to listen to my shit. And then I'm out. I don't care if it's five or 500. Doesn't make yeah. any difference to me because if I'm not writing good music, I just don't care. I don't yeah, really they- have that. Like, I need to play in front of a lot of people. I need to be super popular. Um, you know, it, yeah. it, it means a little bit less. I want to leave behind something that I'm proud of that you could actually, it's tangible. Yeah. My live yeah. show isn't going to be tangible 20 years from now. Well, that's yeah. that integrity that you talked about you had, you know, and that's what it comes down to is that integrity, you know. Which, There's that too. Yeah. There, you know, I just don't give a fuck. I mean, I, I wish maybe I should care a little bit more, but I've been very, maybe it's that punk rock shit, the DIY shit. I've looked up the people that I looked up to. They fucking carved their own path. They made their own yeah. success. And yeah, they didn't owe a bunch of people. And they still are good. They could still fucking play and, like, you know, make a decent record here and there. And, mm-hmm. you know, like Satan right now, this band right fucking here. Torn. Better now yeah. than they were in the 80s. They only did one album in the 80s. Yeah. They mm-hmm. came back in 2013. And just was like, they put out a record that fucking awesome. blew, yeah. they've been blowing my mind. I, they've actually become some of my close personal friends. Russ, the guitar player. Oh, cool. Brian Ross is a fucking legend. Blitzkrieg is amazing. Yeah. Um, And I'm just like, I'm like, dude, these guys are 60 fucking years old. I know, it's great. And writing some of the best yeah. music I've ever heard. Their new album, Earth Infernal, is better than everybody there's not a band on the planet that could even touch it in my mind the songwriting Mm -hmm. the style like there's just something real clever there and i i hope to i hope to have like i look at them in their age and go you know what you just keep going you just keep doing what you do these are not what else are they going to do? Traveling, yeah. they're traveling yeah. in a van packed together. That's right great. Now I know. In their I love that. Sixties and crushing. Love it. Amazing. Yeah, that's great, man. That's I love, the heart I love right speed there. And stuff exactly. You'll well, figure Trevor, out a way. Life yeah. figure out a way to survive. We're mm. all survivalists. Survive. We. Yeah. We will figure out a way to make it work to do what you like to do. Just mm-hmm. don't lose the passion. <clears throat> You keep the passion alive. You live for the dream. You wake up for the dream. You get inspired by what you and your friends and everything the world around you is doing. You keep your positive metal attitude and you will do good things, man. Like it's just a matter of time before, you know, you'll have your moment. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I got on the cover of Decibel. I never thought that was going to fucking happen in a million years. You're at Rolling like, Stone like two different times. Even. a metal guy like I am on, on an extreme heavy metal magazine cover. Right. I was just like, wow, amazing. Like, okay. So I always have that claim to fame right there for me. It's a, yeah. that was a big milestone in my sure. career. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, Trevor, man, you know, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate sure. talking to you, man. Um, Anything you want to, I know, um, I believe next month too, uh, Haunt has a greatest uh, hits, I believe, or for like a, yeah, we'll yeah, bring the, it up. Yeah. Yeah. Best of. 
best yeah. of. Okay. Yeah. And people can so, pre-order it now, correct? Yeah, you can pre-order it. it uh, it's the whole thing is released. All the songs have been remixed and remastered um, to be on this one. Because it's let's let's face it, when you get to seven records, your old shit, you just don't have it in print anymore. It's, sure. It's mm -hmm. it's said and done. So yeah. people that want to hear what I was doing from inception to now, this is probably the best thing. It was fan club picked. We have a fan club. Okay, um, great. They picked all the tracks. They So I didn't get to say what my favorite songs were, which is very hard. I, I let somebody else do <laughs> it. Mm -hmm. um, but we have our next record, Dreamers, comes out 2024, March. Uh, we're going to start rolling out the singles probably in December, January. And okay. we're going to be out there rocking hard, harder than ever. Awesome, man. Well, yeah, we can't wait to check you out there. And, of course, sure. reminding everybody again, Beachmaker. Yeah. Planet Desert Rock Weekend, January 25th to 28th. John, of course. And, of course, you guys got the show in Sacramento at the Colonial Cafe on the 21st of October. And, yeah, so, Trevor, man, appreciate you coming on taking time Hell to talk yeah. to us, man. Great chatting with you. For, and for uh, sure. we'll see you on the road soon, man, for sure. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. never uses weapons. Says he doesn't need them. He says using his bare arms is the best. And he's probably right. Nobody's beaten him yet.